everyone, and welcome to Cloud Wars Live, where we explore today's digital revolution by speaking with business executives and thought leaders changing how the world lives, works, plays, learns, and dreams. We've got a special episode today called the Top 5 Oracle to Cloud Migration Myths, sponsored by Apps Associates, a global IT consulting firm specializing in deploying and supporting Oracle applications and infrastructure. Our guests today are two executives from Apps Associates, Bill Saltis, who's Senior Vice President of Alliances, and Paul Vian, who's Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing. Bill and Paul, thanks for joining us on Cloud Wars Live, and thanks for sponsoring this episode. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. So, gentlemen, before we dig into those top five myths about the Oracle to cloud migration, let me just quickly set the stage for why it's so essential today that businesses be able to tap into the power of the cloud to keep up with what's going on in this digital economy. As we all know, we've seen across every industry this rapid and profound shift where the balance of power has gone from where it used to be with the sellers over now to the buyers. And in those, that circumstance for businesses to keep up, they've got to redo everything they've got across the board, their processes, their people, their policies, their technology, to try to keep pace with customers and do business the way the customers want them to do business. And all of that is fantastic, except the traditional applications that most businesses have were just never built to handle all these newfangled things from today, right? With social, AI, mobile, digital, data-driven, customer-centric, real-time analytics, and always on operations. Conversely, the cloud technology that's available now, including SaaS, was specifically made to handle these types of opportunities. And there can be great benefits for companies that want to choose to go from their traditional on-premises apps over to SaaS. But that transition can be tricky, which is the heart of the research that Apps Associates have done here. And a big thing that you pointed out here is the cost involved because companies that are running their enterprise applications have invested heavily in those traditional apps, not just in the original purpose and the deployment, but also in related customization to meet specific business process requirements and workflow. And those organizations are being very careful in how they consider their options to get to the cloud. They're finding that if gaps exist in currently available SaaS applications relative to their requirements, or if the business leaders at those prospects find that they're just not certain about the functional fit, those leaders have been hesitating in making the commitment to the cloud. So in spite of the many potential benefits, these perceived risks, the five myths that you two are going to discuss today, are delaying the much needed move over to SaaS. So to cut through those myths, Apps Associates has done some wide-ranging research into those concerns and released a survey that outlines and ultimately debunks these top five myths about migrating on-premises Oracle apps over to the cloud. So today, our two guests, and again, that's Bill Saltis, Senior VP of Alliances, Paul Vian, Senior VP of Sales and Marketing, are going to outline the optimal journey from traditional Oracle applications over to the cloud. So Bill and Paul, the research that you did across more than 300 IT decision makers revealed deep concerns that they have about five things. License compliance, feasibility, cybersecurity, affordability, and a narrow range of options. So let's go over those one by one. First, license compliance. Paul, what's the story there? 
a lot of confusion out there at the moment around your own license. So we refer to that as bring your own license to the cloud, to a third party cloud. If we look back at the survey data, 94% of those IT decision makers ranked license compliance as an important part of that consideration. Furthermore, 58% of those IT decision makers worried about moving those Oracle applications to the third party cloud. And no wonder, there is a lot of confusion. Uh, there is concern around audit. If I move my existing licenses to a third party cloud, am I gonna get audited? Well, the good news is you're neither more likely to get audited or less likely to get audited if you move to a third party cloud. Even more good news, Bob, you can actually run those Oracle applications in the cloud that bring your own license model that I just described. And both Amazon and Microsoft are both authorized cloud environments. And that's defined in an Oracle policy statement dated back in, in June of 2017. So very, we're very careful of advising customers to check their contracts first. That, now that could be a myriad of contracts of licensing agreements, which can be very complicated. And if the customer feels uncomfortable about that, there are third-party licensing um, companies that can actually assist with running that audit and making sure before they make that move, and that's critical, before they make that move, they've done the due diligence up front, they've made sure there's no gotchas, and then they can move over with comfort. Paul, that's a, that's a great overview there. And you can understand with some of those issues that there's a lot of anxiety about that. You know, you bring up words like audit. Uh, I'm sure that that's uh, not something that companies want to have to deal with here. So the clarity that this survey and what you've just described is very helpful. So the second uh, myth on your list is about feasibility. What are the concerns there and how can Apps Associates help businesses overcome those concerns? Well, when you boil this one down, Bob, it's interesting. The data showed that three out of five uh, of the IT decision makers were actually uh, convinced that going to the cloud is the way to go. They just weren't sure how to do it or how to be successful doing it. Um, and then if you drill a little further, four of the five uh, decision makers interestingly said they thought it was uh, doable, but they, they thought it was too much risk to do a non-Oracle implementation or use non-Oracle infrastructure or bring in third-party anything, right? So it boiled down to choice, fear of choice, where, where do I go, do I have to use Oracle, or the challenge, will it even work? Well, our experience says from having done it so often that it does work. So that does bring comfort, but then all those other myths start to uh, be pervasive in the conversation. So when we talk one-on-one -on -one with these customers, they'll bring up license, they'll bring up the technical challenges, they'll bring up costs, they'll bring up all of the various myths. In my view, it all boils down to what we've seen and you've seen from over the many years, it's, it's about change management. People, our human, human nature is such that you don't want to embrace change and you certainly don't want to be the person, you know, making the change and causing the angst, right? So if you can get through that um, not whole, and now as we move from the minority innovators and early adopters to the majority, which is what the survey is saying, the majority are going to do it in the next year, 
that will start to subside. But this is a natural course of any technological shift that we've seen over the years. Bill, that's interesting. What you pointed out, there are these uh, very specific factors that could carry real business risk if they turn out to be true rather than myths. And the research is going to help your customers and prospects understand that and clarify it. But you also bring up that, that age-old notion that uh, technology change is hard, but relative to changing human behavior, you know, maybe the technology side of it's easier. And that leads over then to the third point of your, your five myths, and that is about cybersecurity. So we see today as, uh, you know, a huge priority for every company because the bad guys are getting smarter, they're getting more sophisticated, and they're getting more aggressive. So, Bill, how does a move from uh, traditional on-premise apps over to SaaS, how is that beneficial to your customers? Well, you know, certainly, as you just pointed out, security is not to be taken lightly. Um, and it's a matter of, of concern. Again, you don't want to be that manager that it's on your watch that a breach happens. The interesting thing is we talk through it with customers. We, it's, we point out that most of the major breaches that you've heard on, seen on, that are in the news are on-premise data centers. They have penetrated through on-premise and usually from the inside out uh, is a very much a source. Um, so that's number one. Number two is that I would say in my experience over the last three to five years with cloud and go back quite a way at Apps Associates embracing the cloud and adopting the cloud for our clients, is what I've seen is the, the amount of resources, both dollars and uh, human resources, solving this problem by the vendors and the providers is enormous. And that has resulted in a, a, a cadre of, of tools and solutions around this that it makes cloud, both public and private cloud, very rigid and very hardened in terms of security. And most people don't even realize it. The ones who actually make the leap, Bob, feed back to us that they realize they're more secure in cloud than they were in their own because they don't have the staff and the resources that have been put in it. So it's, and it's an interesting irony. Yeah, Bill, that's that's fascinating. And I remember in the the several years that where I worked at Oracle, some of the executives there were fond of saying to the customers, they'd say, "Look, we know you're putting everything you possibly can into you know the best possible cybersecurity, but we've got three thousand people dedicated to it around the clock and around the world, and perhaps you know just given that scale, we're going to be able to do an even better job for you than your own inside hardworking team. So it isn't a matter of effort or energy or commitment." It's just the practical realities of scales in today's world. And also, you know, I think, Paul, as we move on to that topic of scale and what these companies that do this full time around the world, they specialize in these sorts of things. It brought up the issue of cost is the fourth myth that you're addressing, the cost of moving to SaaS or to the cloud. What's the real story there, Paul? Sure. This one has continued over the, the past several years. We look back at the statistics from the survey, three in five of those IT decision makers say if they have to move to the cloud, they have no way of controlling those costs. They're worried that it's going to spiral out of control and they're shifting that budget from something that they're controlling much more specifically from a capital outlay. Now, in truth, the discussion needs to move beyond just the infrastructure level. So 
that comparison is really down at the infrastructure. So it's compute, it's storage, it's network. We're having these conversations around, you know, what, are the, what is the cent per gigabyte and what is the dollar per megabyte for, for IP bandwidth? And, and if you get involved in that level of conversation and that's where your concern is, you're not really going to be able to move beyond that. And, and really the, the main game changer for organizations is the total cost of ownership for the entire IT spend. So you've got to move further up the stack. You've got to look at shifting that view from the organization of the commodity, which is the infrastructure, to operate and run, which is essentially moving out and into innovation. And if you think about cloud computing in this day and age, especially with the mature providers, you, know, you think of an Amazon, for example, Amazon Web Services, all of those services that you can then enable. So we're talking about a lift and shift of those applications to the cloud, but then what can you do with them once you move through? Can you refactor into different parts of cloud computing, whether that be uh, business intelligence or analytics or whatever it might be? You're essentially opening the door to a lot more and you're enabling your staff to focus in on those core competencies, which is running your business and outsourcing that out into the cloud. Paul, those are, those are great points about costs. I especially like the way that you got into that notion of not just limiting it to the one narrow slice here, but saying, you know, how is this going to affect everything across the board? And in a similar fashion, you know, I think it's also um, almost like those, uh, those hidden costs. Uh, what are you giving up if you don't go in this direction? You know, the innovation, that opportunity to move faster, to get more in sync with your customers along here, the opportunity costs can be staggering. So I think you've debunked that notion about the cost there quite nicely. So Paul, the last one on your list, and, it, and it's somewhat related, but there are some folks who feel that this move from uh, traditional on-premise apps over to the cloud is going to limit their narrow op limit their number of options. Do you see that as a as a viable concern? I don't know. I actually think it expands the options that you have. And Bob, you mentioned SaaS at the beginning of this podcast, and, and I'll come on to that in a minute. And I, I think the challenge is that the initial myths that we discussed, it's just how do I get to the cloud? So we're debunking those. So, so let's just say it's table stakes now. You can get to the cloud. What are my options then? So I've got a private cloud. I've got a, a public cloud. I've got SaaS. Or I've got a hybrid or a multi-cloud option. And... I think the last point is really where we're seeing people get to, right? I'm moving from my on-premise potential internal data center and I'm moving out to the cloud. It doesn't have to be a, a, a one and all or a one and, and done. It could be a mixture of those different cloud environments. As you get on that journey, and that's essentially what, what we're enabling our customers to do across those different cloud um, architectures. If we look at SaaS specifically, SaaS is great. We've seen it work and it's worked well. But if you've been running these applications that are very heavily customized over many, many years, it's very difficult to get to SaaS without losing all of that. So we really look at it as a progressive journey. Let's get those, those applications that have been in the organization a long time, the back office ones, get them out to the cloud, and then potentially get on a journey to SaaS if that's where you need to get to. I think interestingly as well, the survey data showed 40% of those IT decision makers had elected private cloud if they were to move those legacy on-premise applications. 18% to SaaS, 17% to public, 
23% have mentioned a combination of, of two or more of those cloud platforms. And we've seen over the years that, that close between private and public cloud. But still, if you're looking at those perhaps cloud regressive companies that are putting the initial toe in the water, 40% of them are still saying, I think private is probably my first step on that journey. And, and you know, that could be a very reasonable first approach for them. And I, I think, uh, Paul, it's interesting that, you know, in a large sense, what you're describing here is nobody is going to say in, you know, six or 12 months, we're going to take everything we built up on premise over the last 30 years. And within the next year, we're going to push it all into the cloud. That's just not realistic. And Larry Ellison, the founder of Oracle has talked about, you know, the decade of coexistence. So I think what you've just laid out there in that range of options is absolutely true. There's no point at which you say, well, I've done this, I can't go back or I can't change, I can't modify and, you know, move into the cloud at the pace that's appropriate for that business is the right way to go. And Bill and Paul, I think what you've both touched on here uh, in, in addressing each of these five myths is really this large notion that while all, every major change in technology that has happened over the last 30 or 40 years, can really be disruptive. And it's difficult for business people to understand all of that relative to some people who live it and breathe it every day in the tech industry. But right now, today, I think the, the overriding issue is if they are not willing to move into the cloud, they're gonna find it harder and harder. And eventually, over a short period of time, it'll be impossible to keep up with their customers. So Bill and then Paul, if you could each offer a final bit of advice out there to the world about how to think about this move and how to make this move, what would you say? Well, there's a couple of things. One is I want to emphasize what both you and Paul just said was that um, we often think uh, we go into accounts and people will talk about the revolution of that journey and the transformation and they think it needs to be, but it's evolutionary. You actually might be going down multiple paths, sidestepping and then moving forward and then coming back and moving forward again. And that's okay. Uh, so you don't want to be the brick and mortar retailer sitting in your data center with no option. The, even the brick and mortar has the multiple options and the hybrid options for their customers. So if you don't do it, competition will do it. Uh, and if you're going to do that, then just base the principles of embrace it, that change, plan it, execute it, and then govern it and you'll be fine. Okay, good words, Bill. I, I would just add to that, Bob, at this point, you don't have to do it alone. You know, that there's, there's organizations out there that can not only help you migrate, but then also manage those environments moving forwards. And this is an astonishing amount, but 98% of those IT decision makers in the survey came out and said, if we knew somebody would help us do it and then do it with no issues, which of course is the holy grail, you know, manage it moving forwards, we would be much more likely to move to the cloud. <laughs> That's a big number, Paul. Those people that the industry is evolving. Yep, as Bill said, it's a very big number. The industry is evolving, it's fast pacing. People have already done it today and they've not looked back. So hopefully that helps cut through the, the confusion that's out there today. Bill, Paul, this has been great. Uh, you've really passed along uh, some great information for people to think about. Everybody understands that these concerns they have are legitimate. It's just in the absence of 
some penetrating data that your survey of 300 IT decision makers helps to raise, it's going to be tough to know which way to go. But I hope that, that uh, everybody will have a chance to look at those survey results, check in with you at Apps Associates and see about that. But thank you both very much for your ideas and insights today. Thank, thank you, you Paul. We appreciate it. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate the opportunity. I also want to thank Apps Associates for sponsoring today's episode and to thank all of you in the audience for watching and hearing about some of these uh, myths that perhaps should be you know, relegated to history and uh, look for a more data-based and reality-based um, opportunity to move forward into the cloud here. So thanks to everyone. This has been wonderful. Share your feedback with me, please. Bob Evans, PA at gmail.com. Bill and Paul, thanks again. We'll see you next time here at Cloud Wars Live.